0: Today, on Commitment to Truth. If that doesn't even cross your mind, the salvation of your neighbors, the salvation of your your family, the salvation of your cousins, your your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your close friend, your coworkers, if that is not even remotely in your mind, you're out of the will of God. But you should be some kind of influencer in their lives to at least say, well, look at me, you see Christ. See how I conduct myself on my job, you see Christ. See how I love my wife, respect my husband, raise my children, honor my parents, you used to see Christ. Something should be smelling and looking like Jesus in your life.
1: If not, you're out of the will of God. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we continue a series titled, By the Book on Ephesians, A New Community. In this series, our pastoral team will take us through the entire book of Ephesians to encourage us to understand our new community identity and to practically walk it in real life. Here is Pastor Cedric lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message.
0: If you can now open your Bibles to, uh, back to Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to be in verses 15 through 21, then we're going to jump into chapter uh, 6, right? We may read through all of these verses. If not, I encourage you again to read through the entire book of Ephesians. Our new walk continues to be described this way it says so then be careful how you walk not as unwise people but as wise making the most of your time remember we talked about that dash account the dash account is from the day you were born and the day you die making the most of your time because the days are evil anyone can say amen to that it is like really 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 evil it says therefore do not be foolish but understand what the will of the lord is And do not get drunk with wine in which there is is, debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So think about what the text is saying. Drunk with wine simply makes you act out of what? Character. Contrarily or reciprocally, if you would, being filled with the Holy Spirit should make you what? Act out of character. Not like you used to be. Um. When when I used to hang out and try to drink and do all those things, we called it like false courage. Right? The docile woman, she becomes the party ammo and she's dancing on tabletops and stuff like that. And the guys who's a little quiet because he's now he's the bar bully because he's got a little alcohol in him. You know? And and similarly, what should happen is when when the spirit of the living God lives within those who believe. There should be this courage that emerges out of us, not in of ourselves, but because of whom? Him. So he's saying, comparatively speaking, this is how you should look, but choose one over the other, actually. It's not really saying you have the option to do this or this or this and this. It's really saying this makes you act this way. This will make you act this way. Which one are you going to choose in this new community, in this new walk? Then it goes on to begin to describe it. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to our God and Father and And subject yourself to one another in the fear of Christ. So here's the next description, if you can jot this down or or look in your notes, fill in the blank, is that our new walk is to understand and to know the will of God. Remember we talked about living life and progressing through life? We shouldn't just live life autonomous from the will of God. Living life, progressing through life, is I'm making every decision, trying to understand what is the will of God for me, for my family, for my children, for my children's children, even children yet unborn, yet because a wise man even prepares for his children's children. So our challenge is to become men and women who who truly spend this dash account. Fervently trying to understand what is the will of God for me. Not just running and beating the air aimlessly, but understand. The word understand means this, to set or to join together in the mind. So it's almost like you're processing and you're working it out in your mind. Set it together, put it together like Lego blocks in your mind, if you would. It also means it's having the knowledge of those things which pertain to salvation. So my life is not excluded from salvation or living righteously and living a life that is conducive to those who are what? Saved. The word will means this, the purpose of God to bless mankind through Christ. So I should be living my life in a way that my purpose is to somehow partner with God to be able to bless mankind through personal relationships with Jesus. That's part of the will of God for me. It also means this, the word will, what God wishes to be done by us. So can you answer honestly today that you... No, emphatically, no, what God wants you to do for Him. If your answer is no, you can know. If the answer is I'm not really sure, you can know for sure. If your answer is yes, you keep doing the will of God until you see Him face to face. But the way you start is. Understanding that I have a responsibility to have the knowledge of those things pertaining to salvation. A, if I don't know anything about salvation myself, I probably should do what? Be saved and know about salvation for myself. Secondly, I should then check the box and say, is my life goal? is to pass on this salvation to other people around me you got to start there and if your life is not even connected remotely connected to that if you don't even wake up in the morning and think about that you're completely out of the will of god If that doesn't even cross your mind, the salvation of your neighbors, the salvation of your, your family, the salvation of your cousins, your, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your close friend, your coworkers—if if that is not even remotely in your mind, you're out of the will of God. If there's no urgency about that, Listen, I'm not saying that you will personally lead that person to Christ, but you should be some kind of influencer in their lives to at least say, well, look at me, you see Christ. See how I conduct myself on my job, you see Christ. See how I love my wife, respect my husband, raise my children, honor my parents, as we're going to learn. You to see Christ. Something should be smelling and looking like Jesus in your life. If not, you're out of the will of God. Start there. Versus trying to find the will of God as far as, okay, God, I'm trying to find the will. This is how we pray a lot of times. Because I have this promotion opportunity I have this job opportunity I I need to make money so I want to start this business and those are all good but if Jesus is not connected to it you're out of the will of God because you can start your business and your business can blow up and you can make more money than anyone in your family's ever made outside of salvation it means nothing It doesn't, it doesn't impress God. Successes in life does not impress God. Does he give success? Absolutely, in abundance. But that's the cart before the horse. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. He wants us to succeed. But at the expense of salvation, never. Never. At the expense of someone's salvation, never. Never. At the expense of your light going and growing dim, never. He'll never compromise that. So verses 15 through 21 gives us a description of the will of God. Be careful how you walk. Walk wisely, make the most of your time, don't be foolish, do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak generously or graciously to one another, make melody in with your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and subject yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. There are some places to start. And to help you further this word subjection, especially when we come to community, subject yourselves, listen to what this means. It's a Greek military term meaning to arrange troop divisions in a military fashion under the commander of a leader. In a non-military use, listen to what it means. It was a voluntary attitude of giving in. Start there. You want to know what the will of God is? Give in. It's not your life, it's not my life. It's not your family, it's not your finances, it's not your husband, it's not your wife, it's not your kids, it's not your mom or dad, it's not your life. Give in. Give in. We never win, just give in. It also means this, a voluntary attitude of dying, cooperating. But listen to this, assuming a responsibility. Are you actively involved in a community? Can other parts of the body of the military unit depend on you? Like you depend on them. You see, here's the wonderful thing. is All I'm doing every Sunday morning is playing my military role. Under the head, troop leader, Jesus. You need me to do my role well. I need you to do your role well. If you're not doing something, if you're not assuming a responsibility, last part of this definition, if you're not carrying a burden There are people who carry a humongous burden just so Sunday morning can happen. My burden is Okay, Cedric, I don't care how busy your week is. I don't care how many people's dying around you. I don't care if your mama dies. I don't care if your kids are having problems. Guess what you have to do? You need to focus on me, and you need to humble yourself, and you need to prepare yourself and be able to be prepared for my people, period. And I can't tell you how many weeks I've lived through that. I don't care how sick you are right now, I don't care how tired you are, I don't care if you don't have a voice before you walk up there. You carry that burden and you assume your responsibility for my people. I need you to reciprocate, personally. If you really wanna try to navigate the will of God, salvation, service. Everything else will line up. If you're not telling someone about Jesus, or if you don't know about Jesus yourself, be saved. Be concerned about other people's salvation. Secondly, serve somewhere assume a responsibility assume a burden in other words that if I don't show up to children's ministry or teach the children today kids will not be taught if I don't if I don't push this button to, to to so that everything appears on social media so everybody can know about the church and know all the whatever's about the church if I don't do that there's a burden in my heart that if I don't push this button if I don't create this document if I don't Where's your burden in in the truth? Subject yourselves. See our new walk is not only to understand and know the will of God, but it's to do it. Just start doing something then he'll reveal more to you. Verses 22 to 23, just for the sake of time, I need you to go back. No, I got to read some of it. Sorry. Why? Subject yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord, but, for the, husbands, for, but for, for the husband is the head of the wife and Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body, but as the church is subjected to Christ, so also the wives ought to be subject to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. That he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be a holy and blameless Uh, Verse 28, so husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh. Think about that. But nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are parts of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two should become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, as for you individually, each husband is to love his own wife the same as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. our new walk There comes along with it a a responsibility to steward the gift of marriage. Verse 33 again, nevertheless, in other words, everything we said in verses 22 through 32. So it's almost like the the author, Paul, is saying, you know what, you may not fully understand verses 22 to 32, You, you may disagree, with verses 22 to 30, 32. But nevertheless, this is what you should get. If you don't get anything else, this is what you should get. Ask for you individually, each husband. So husband, if you didn't hear anything else, is to love his own wife. The same way as himself. Do you get anything else in those previous verses? Your own wife as your own self. And it's weird that he would say your own wife because the chances are is that, well, if your wife isn't respecting you, then chances are you're going to start loving something or someone that did not belong to you. And it could be in video form, magazine form. Hint, hint. (laughs) And then it says, and the wife must see to it. Do you hear the words? See to it. That she respects her husband. You know why? It's because the way we're wired is this way. Um, A wife desperately needs to be loved by her husband. And it says to her, you respect me. You just don't want my body, you just don't want my cooking, you follow me, you just don't want my company. And it's super important, ladies, that a man is respected, which says that you love me. I don't care how much you say you love me, I don't care how much you do for me, if you don't respect me, I don't feel loved by you. Then I drift. She drifts. And that's why a guy can win a a guy's wife over, just over a cup of coffee. It's the weirdest thing. He don't have to be fine or anything like that. He can just be a dude who just sits down and say, can I pour you a cup of coffee and just listen to you? It, it it, It is what it is. And that's why he says, see to it. Make sure you do this. Listen up. Let's go deeper, so this word love means this. To be fond of your wife. Be fond of her. To love your wife dearly. To be well pleased with your wife versus always being critical of what she's not doing. To be content with your wife. Be satisfied with her. She's good enough. The word respect, ladies, listen. It means to venerate or to think highly of your husbands. Don't compare your husband to somebody else's husband. Never compare your husband with me. If you ever, this is a little side footnote. If you ever want me to help you in your marriage, never bring me up in your marriage. That's the first thing you can do to cause a man to shut down on their pastor is bring in their pat. Well, the pastor said, the pastor said. Say, this is what Jesus said. This is what the Bible says, not what the pastor says. Guy was shut down. He was shut down. You never bring another guy's, I don't care if it's his daddy. You never say, well, you know, your daddy said you, well, you didn't marry his daddy. Well, you know, in the book, it said, you know, I read this book, and it says you're supposed to... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being funny, but you know, that's realism that happens in marriage, right? But it says, Venerate, think highly of your husband. There's something that you can think highly of. him of. You wouldn't have married him. He may not be acting like it in the moment, are what you want him to do but there's there's a reason why it also means treat your husband with diff, difference which means politeness and compliance don't make it hard for him to lead you revere him which means to admire have, have a high opinion of your husband in other words every word publicly about your husband should be of high opinion. Never degrade him. Never put him down. Never disrespect him. Let God put him in check. He's better at it. And a man responds to the voice of God faster than the voice of his wife. Verses 25 through 33 again just depicts on how marriage to look but i'm gonna leave that for you to read it again because it's something that you really really need to dive into but again if you get struggle in all those verses just land on verse 33. nevertheless as for you individually each husband is to love his own wife the same as himself and some of you today say well i really don't love myself well you do, you do, because we protect ourselves in some unique way, we do. Listen, you love yourself enough that you say, well, baby, I just gotta go fishing. Well, I, I just need a break, I just need, I just need to go on a drive. You know what that says? You love yourself. I, 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 just, need, I just need to go on for a walk. Well, you're saying I love myself, so I'm trying to preserve myself. So for whatever measure or degree, man, no matter what she's saying or not saying, if she's respected or not respecting, our responsibility is still love. Ladies, same with you. See to it that you respect your husband. This is what we do in this new community. no matter what you've seen someone else do or not do. This is how we conduct ourselves. Our new walk understands and preserves the sacredness of marriage. Real quickly, chapter six, verses one through three. Here's another tough one, okay? And just for a record, I'm not picking on you today. I'm just reading the Bible and just, uncovering stuff, (laughs) okay, that I also have to obey for the record, okay? Uh, Children, obey your parents. Now, understand this. Children are children. So, anybody, anybody became an, anybody became adult before you were a child? No, right? I mean, so, no one is Adam and Eve in this room, created full-grown. Children, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Obedience doesn't mean I just do whatever they say. if 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 their command or suggestion to me is disobeying God, God always usurps a parent. Okay? So, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first command with promise. Why? So that it may turn out well for you and that you may live long on the earth. Our new walk is to honor our parents. This is tough because a lot of parents don't deserve it. And every parent go through some whatever times or it could be situations that we don't deserve to be honored. We make a bad decision as a parent. Our child, we haven't given our child something deservingly to do what? Honor us. The word obey means to listen to your parents of one Of one who on the knock at the door comes to listen to who who is it. So in other words, you hear the knock, you don't ignore the knock. You go to the door to see who is it. So when a parent knocks, you don't ignore the knock. But you go to see who is it. Is it God or not? A love and acceptance of a parent should never outweigh Jesus being at the door. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, you go, you knock, you discern. This isn't God. I won't answer. You discerned. This is God. I answer. But one of the biggest challenges is we begin to have these distorted images of our parents and then we don't even go to the door. To even discern who's knocking. Because it could be God saying, it's time for you to let them in. Or it could be God saying, it's time to bolt the door <laughs> you know, and create boundaries safe boundaries depending on the relationship with parent. You follow me? Which leads to our challenge. Greatest challenge is this. Still gotta honor them. Because honor doesn't mean if they are alive and been such good parents to you that you have no bad memories of them. It doesn't mean if they're alive and you've never even met them and you know, you know who they are. Doesn't mean honor them because they were at all of your baseball games, softball games, football games, ballet, doesn't mean, okay, well they said every kind word to me and he just was such a good parent and just nudged me, doesn't mean if they're dead or alive. Good or bad, honor. Why is this so important? So honor means this. Fix a value. Fix a value. There's something if we go to the door when he knocks that you can find value. Trust me. Value could be, I know exactly who I'm not going to be. That could be the value. It's like, Dad, I want to thank you so much. You not being in my life has taught me how to love my wife and be faithful to her and to raise my children in fear and admonition of the Lord. So I celebrate you, Dad. Mom, I know, I recognize now that, you know what? All those times you were screaming and yelling at me and going crazy on me, I now realize that you're just doing the best you could to communicate your love for me. But I also realize how much you didn't learn from your mom. But what I've learned is to live this way. Thank you. Remember we talked about giving in. you got to give in you gotta give in and part of giving in is saying i'm going to respect my husband when he doesn't feel like or i feel like he needs to be respected i'm gonna love my wife even if she's not respecting me i'm gonna honor my parents even when they don't deserve being honored it's part of giving in if you believe in a sovereign God, a sovereign God, weirdly, weirdly enough, has allowed you to experience everything you've experienced in life. Do we believe he's perfect? He's perfect in all his ways. But you got to give in to that. And get, give it in to it says, if it's written, so shall it be in my life. No matter how uncomfortable and painful it makes me feel, I'll give in. Why is this so important? It's the first command of promise. It says so that it will be turned out well for you. And some of you today are not well because of it. Some of your life is in shambles or it's, it's like this. It's like enough is never enough. because it's not well with you. You see, this is what happens and how it plays out in people's lives. Well, you know what? I'm gonna go bankrupt. I'm I'm gonna be sucked dry to make sure I'm at every kid event, every, and my kid's gonna be involved in everything that I never experienced because you didn't get it from your mom and dad. What that says is it's not well with you That's what it's saying it's not well with you God would never tell you to go bankrupt over your children that's sin he would never tell you to to discount sleep or deny the faith or not be connected to the local community of, of the body of Christ he would not tell you to love your kids over your husband and love your kids over your wife he would never tell you that is an unwell soul It's an unwell soul for a man to say, well, I'm going to make sure my kid has everything. That is wrong. Sometimes your kids need nothing. Marriages are falling apart because I want that husband that our God gave me to be so perfect that he, he outnumbers and outperforms my dad who I'd never know. Then you lose him then you have an unwell marriage. Got mama issues, bringing it to my marriage, right? Well, you know, you ain't gonna talk to me that way because that's the way my mama talked to me all my life. It's not well with you. Now your wife can't express herself freely. Then she shuts down, then you lose her heart. Because I'm overly sensitive because it's not well with me and my mom who may not even be alive anymore. Churches goes on and on and on and on and on and on, and and you can prop yourself on a psychiatrist and psychologist couch all you want and spend good money, but you got to give in. Our new walk values our father and our mother at all times, through it all. You gotta place a good value on mom and dad, if you like it or not. When we honor our parents, the promise is, it turns out well. Choose not to honor, it doesn't turn out well. It's the other side of the promise. Lastly, fathers, our new walk is to father well. And it's interesting that he doesn't say this to moms. And I always like to say, guys, moms get a pass. You know, it's just like, they just get a pass. They have bad days, they can scream, yell, throw temper tantrums, and everybody say, oh, mom's mom's just having a bad day, you know, let's just, No, let's pick around our house, let's make sure everything's in place because mom's have a bad day. (laughs) But dads, if we raise our voice, it has lasting impacts. So I always tell guys you gotta be strategic with your voice. Because when you go to a different octave, changes the game. The dog will run high in the corner. I mean, mothers get so mad when a father shows up, raises his voice a little bit, and the kids just like, "Okay, whatever you want, whatever you want, I'll do whatever you want." It's like, "Wait a minute, I've been with you all day. I've been," and he just says "boo," and you just does whatever thing he says. That's the influence of a father. Moms, if you like it or not, that's the influence of a father. Guys, if you like it or not, the weight of it is when we fell at it. with a laughing joke at a party. But that's the cost of leadership. And no one in this room chose to be a man. God created us as men. So therefore, we need to step into that role and realize, okay, let me not make excuses. Let me not feel bad because the weight falls on me. And let me just man up and do whatever I need to do and and honor the Lord with my actions. That being said, fathers, it says in verse eight in particular, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Our verse, let me apologize, verse four. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Then say moms fathers but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the lord so it doesn't mean you don't discipline you don't instruct you don't necessarily use a firm hand when necessary but you don't provoke them to anger what does this mean the word provoke means is to exasperate or more specifically to annoy irritate and inflame If our kids are getting annoyed with us, we should probably reconsider our approach. You see, guys, a lot of times we pass it on to kids and say, well, why are you getting so annoyed? Why are you disrespecting me? No, we should gather our emotions and say, well, why are my kids annoyed with me? Why doesn't my teenager want to even be in my presence? Why won't they even pick up my, my call when I, phone, you know, the phone when I call? If my kids are so annoyed, we have to really examine and say, hmm, I probably should change my fatherly approach. If my kids are irritated every time I talk to them, I probably need to change my fatherly approach. I mean, listen, if, if it's like, okay, well, every time dad calls, all he does is just correct me. Every time I talk to dad, I get along with dad, all he does is correct me. Who would want to even talk to their dad? Sometimes guys, we just gotta bite our lips, hold our tongue, don't say anything, let stuff pass for the right time and then address it. Don't feel like we gotta go in a bull, like a bull in a china closet and, and just, I gotta handle it now cause I'm daddy. And you disrespected me. Timing is everything. Why? Because it says you should not bring them to anger, arouse them to wrath that they want to just kind of reciprocate. Listen, children will be children, and children are going to do whatever they want to do. But one thing I've landed on as a father is this you will never be able to look at me, and I'll be your excuse. You're just not going to be my, I'm not going to make me the excuse why you won't follow Jesus. Now, that may mean that in my mistakes, I immediately, please forgive me, admit wrong. Hey, what I said was wrong, the way I approached that was wrong. And with great humility so that you're also teaching a child how to what? Forgive and repent and come back. Relationally, so our challenge is to become men and women who understand, our men in particular here, is that we have this responsibility to nourish them and bring them up to maturity, not become the reason why they are not maturing in their faith. You follow me? We should never, guys, be the reason why our children are not walking with Jesus. They can make their own individual choice but I'm not the reason why you're not. So guys, this may take this for you. You may need to back up to move forward. You may hear this and say, oh man, I didn't realize I've exacerbated my children. I've irritated them and turned them off and pushed them away. Stop, go back in time, try to find every single thing, let the Lord lead you. God, what have I failed my children at? Ask for forgiveness, correct it covenant with God and your children and your family that it's not going to repeat. And you move forward from this point on making sure that they're reaching this place of maturity. Amen? This new walk listen it will always involve people and I gave you a whole bunch of people examples today didn't I? So our challenge is this is that someone said the more I get to know people The more I love my dog. (laughs) Right? It's like dogs, well, I don't know. I would say dogs don't bite you back. But if you take care of the dog, they won't bite you back, right? And the reality is, you know, we want to get away from people because people are just so many problems. But we can't neglect, again, as a reminder, Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful and let's consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds, not abandoning our own meeting together as is the habit of some. But listen to this, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. In church, you look around, the day is drawing near. So listen, we need each other to understand the will of God. If you're flying solo and you're just out there, you know, yeah, you and your wife could be humming on all good cylinders. How are you going to really kind of navigate the will of God by yourselves? If you're family, you got your good thing going on by yourself, you can't navigate the will of God by yourselves. We need each other to steward our marriages, to learn how to honor our parents. You got to hear stories of other people and their victory of how did you navigate, you know, hating your dad. And talk to Lisa. She hated her dad so bad she wanted to push him down the steps when he got old. And you know, you know, my wife is quite vivid in her imagination. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you know, I just hate my dad so bad. I was waiting for him to get old, and I was going to push him down the steps. That's how much she hated her dad. But now you can't even you get them together, they boohooing and crying and all that mushy stuff. You know, they can't even you follow me? She had to be healed and give in. We need each other, guys, to know how to father well. I personally learned how to father well by seeing someone up close father their son, father their children can't do it alone, can't do it alone. You'll make too many mistakes.
1: Thank you again for listening to our latest sermon series, From Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Through this series, we hope you are encouraged to understand your new community identity. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify,